0: Hello, I'm Jason Solomons, and welcome to another episode of Seen Any Good Films Lately, the podcast that gives you bags of film recommendations, the latest news and views, and a lovely star interview about movies and the things we love most about them.
1: One of my very, very favourite, if not my very favourite music doc is a film by Robert Frank. It's extremely intimate, it's very artful, it's very raw. That was the voice of
0: Alex Winter best known as Bill in Bill & Ted. Anyone know the character's surname? Yes, most excellent of you, William S. Preston Esquire. So that's who we've got on the show for you today. One of the biggest and most recognisable film characters of the 80s and 90s. who will be taking us on a most excellent adventure through his life in movies. And who will face the music over his new documentary, Zappa about the life and turbulent times of composer and out-there musician Frank Zappa. That was Peaches and Regadia by Frank Zappa more of The Man and the music later as part of its director Alex Winter's guest spot on the show after I tell you if I've seen any good films lately. There certainly are a couple I'm excited to share with you. Let's do the United States versus Billie Holiday first, which stars Andra Day, of whom you may not have heard but that's about to change following the year's most sensational film debut. This film finds her playing and singing jazz icon Billie Holiday, a terrific performance in a very fine new movie. Andra Day is a singer who earned a Grammy nomination in 2016 for Rise Up, but she now delivers a blistering performance that may well be crowned with a 2021 Oscar nomination from Academy voters who love that sort of stuff, don't they? they previously fallen for tortured singer roles. Such as Renee Zellweger's Judy last year at uh, Marion Cotillard's at Edith Piaf. And remember, Diana Ross got a nomination for playing Billie Holiday in the film Lady Sings the Blues back in 1972. She lost out in the end to Judy Garland's daughter, Liza Minnelli, for Cabaret. It's all connected in the film world, isn't it? I'd be so bold as to say that Andrew Day blows all of those away in revealing this singer's charisma, glamour, pain, addictions, the vulnerabilities, and incandescent state power of Billie Holiday. You really get an idea of why Billie is so revered still and what it was like to live in that murky glamorous 40s and 50s world of Harlem, heroin and harassment. Andrew Day's vocal impersonation of Holiday is fabulous too Even when she performs Strange Fruit That haunting civil rights anthem That's almost impossible for anyone else to get right Nina Simone's is basically the only other version I can countenance But here it forms the heart of the whole film
2: Here is a fruit For the crows To pluck Father rain together. Father wind to suck.
0: Andra has recorded her own passionate version of the song as a single, too, which is a bit different, but the song throbs with relevance still, doesn't it? In the movie and in real life. Despite the misgivings of various club owners in the film and the scoundrel managers that Billy seems attracted to, she insists on performing Strange Fruit every night and the FBI begin to fear that she'll incite riots and protests just in the way she sings it, such as the unconditional confrontational sadness and power of those lyrics and the way she sings it. So the FBI in the film send a black agent called Jimmy Fletcher and played by Trevante Rhodes from that Oscar winning film Moonlight to catch Billy out for drug abuse but he ends up falling for this magnetic wayward subject and when you see and hear Andrew day as billy holiday you can hardly blame
2: him don't you know who this is she was thinking of something more special i'm downright flashy you know ladies and gentlemen miss billy holiday reporters keep asking me really why you do the things you do this is what i tell them Loving me, we love you. Why not take The Blessy piece says Billy Holiday is the voice of our people.
0: I like this film very much. Not just Andrew Day's magnetic performance, there's a lot going on for sure and it's got some wild variations in tone in it but it's directed by Lee Daniels who did Precious so we shouldn't expect a conventional movie. In fact it's the wild bits that work best for me. The sequences of her singing and there's one hallucinatory bit in particular where Billy is on the road and revisits her sort of childhood home and trauma and goes around this house and it becomes like the rooms of her minds. This is very sexy, it's seductive, it's angry stuff, and it's one of my favourite movies of the year so far. It's out on Sky Cinema right now. Another one worth your time, I'd say, is I Care A Lot, starring Rosamund Pike as a ruthless operator who takes legal guardianship of helpless elderly people and, with the help of compliant doctors and lawyers, shoves them in America's care home system. It's a great scam until she chooses Diane Weist's retired businesswoman as a victim and then Ros's Marla suddenly finds herself up against a worthy opponent in the distinctive shape of... Diane Vist's son, Peter Dinklage.
1: Look at all these cash cows on your wall, just
2: leaking money into your account.
1: But Jennifer Peterson, she's off limits.
2: She has very powerful friends who can make life uncomfortable for you.
1: How uncomfortable are we talking?
2: Hello, Marla Grayson. I don't like you.
0: I Care A Lot is a glitzy ride. It's part dark comedy, part State of the Nation satire, part revenge thriller. I can't say it's a perfect movie. It isn't. And Marla and her girlfriend, played by Isaac Gonzalez, do veer off the road in a few places. And I think the film loses sight of what it was originally about. But the twists and turns do make it always watchable. And Roz is dangerously attractive in a role like this. So you gawp at her. You gawp at the nastiness of people and the grimness of greed and the vicious inhumanity of our systems. So if you care, I Care A Lot is on Amazon Prime right now. Our main interview on Seen Any Good Films Lately is supported by our friends at Strike. That's S-T-R-Y-Y-K. The distilled drink with all the spirit, none of the alcohol. But all the best taste, certainly in movies. We love having Strike along, and to accompany a viewing of Zappa and our interview with Alex Winter, why not get into the hip 60s vibe with a Cuba Libre? So I'm mixing a Strike Not Rum with cola, lime juice, all over ice, with a lime wedge. Mm. And if you want to get your hands on the key Not Rum ingredient, just go to strike.com, that's S-T-R-Y-Y-K.com, and enter the voucher discount code JASON40. That's 40 in figures To get 40% off your order That's strike.com Jason 40 And you get your not rum At 40% off Cheers Strike And now to Alex Winter My special guest on this show Best known as Bill From Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure As well as their bogus adventure follow-up And the recent threequel Bill and Ted Face the Music
2: Greetings my excellent friends
1: Do we know you? I'm Kelly. Wait, you're Rufus's daughter.
2: I am. And I've been wanting to meet you my whole life.
1: It must be very disappointing.
2: Not at all. We have a problem, gentlemen. Potentially a very serious problem.
1: About the music? About the music. They just want to talk to you. (laughs) Dude, I got a very bad feeling about this. It'll be fine, Ted. They totally love us in the future, dude
0: but Alex is also an accomplished filmmaker. Having directed a couple of feature films as well as some highly respected documentaries, he's back now with one on his musical hero, Frank Zappa, gaining access to the Freak Out Musicians archive and creating a wild film that charts the wildly inventive artistic life of this outspoken music legend. He's probably one of those figures you've heard of without hearing much of or knowing much about So let's find out more about Frank Zappa with Alex Winter and more about Alex Winter as I catch up with him in LA and ask if he's seen any good films lately. Congratulations on Zappa, Alex. Terrific. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah. I'm
0: glad that you are in LA because it really takes us into that, that little world, really. A world that you we've heard about so much and this film really took me into the, the sort of hedonism, the sort of secrecy of Laurel Canyon at its height and I, I really felt I was there for a bit.
1: Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, that is the idea. It was kind of the goldmine of, of getting access to this archive and finding so much rich material that showed us that era and there's so much there that has never been seen so yeah so many
0: stories about it so much legend about it you know i've seen films about it you know even the 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 recent tarantino movie touches on it and there's a whiff of the mansons in there too so to feel all this newness i had not seen this stuff before i really felt like i was turning i was one of those bands part of the british invasion turning up and trying to get an audience with frank zappa
1: yeah i think that was the the idea was to try to really create an experience for people of, of what it would be like to actually live through what Zappa lived through and so as much as we could we used the archival and another archival that we that we went and got to, to try to take people on that journey, hopefully.
0: Did you know him? Did you how did you get to this 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 precious access, Alex?
1: Well, I had to pitch his widow, Gail, um, who has since passed on. I pitched I pitched her a take that I had for doing this and she controlled all of the Zappa rights. And as you can see in the film, she was at the, the front end of the Zappa business from the sixties on. So she was a formidable, very bright person in her own right. And, uh, and she happened to like the take that I had. And so she she granted me access to the vault. i had been a fan of Zappa since I was a kid. I was really interested in him as I got older as an artist and a very particular kind of artist who came up in a really specific period in American history. What
0: would you say? Having, you know, put this film together so carefully, so lovingly, having looked at the archive. And I love those shots of the, the archive, the tapes, the endless sort of shelves of tapes. Uh, what would you say that his legacy is? I suppose, it I, it. I mean, in several ways. I mean, there's the sort of actual physical legacy of all these books and tapes and cuttings. But what do you say his artistic legacy was, too?
1: I think that, that Zappa was a cultural titan. I think I think on the level of like a Lenny Bruce, as much as a maverick uh, musician and a, and a a great rock guitar player. So I think he was kind of a cultural titan. I think his legacy is someone who really had a lot to say about the times that he came up in in very irreverent and artistic ways. I think musically, he's probably will mostly be known as, a, as an avant-garde classical composer. I think mm. he'll be looked at as one of the, America's great classical composers. That's really, I think, how he's been embraced by the, the music community.
2: Motherly love Motherly love Forget about the brotherly and love Motherly love is just a thing for
1: you You know your mother's gonna love you Till you don't know what to do
0: Did you ever meet him?
1: I never did, I, I stood next to him uh, quite in awe at a concert of Dweezels once in the early 90s uh, at the Whiskey, but uh, I never had the opportunity to, to meet him.
0: He doesn't a- a- appear in any of uh, a- a- in any of the Bill and Ted's, does he? I mean- he
1: doesn't, but his son is on both of the first two movie soundtracks. He has songs on one and two, and the both of the Bill and Ted cassettes were in Zappa's office, which it, I, I visited, um, and I found that quite heartwarming. Perhaps he would have loved
0: you, you to speak to him when you said, if you well, said I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, perhaps he
1: was,
0: he, he was intimidated by you. He's like, I can't speak to Bill. No, I mean, God. <laughs> <I." laughs>
1: yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't think so, but I, I do. That is true that the time that I stood next to him was right around when Steve Vai was doing the music. He did a lot of the guitar music in Bill and Ted too. And all of our playing. That's another funny connection. Mm.
0: Can you play the guitar? Can you attempt to zap a, zap a bit of music? Can you do it? Can you play? I, I,
1: I'm, I play bass. I don't play uh, guitar. I mean, I can kind of wing my way through stuff.
0: Do you think if you were in the Zappa band, if you were in, the, in one of the Mothers or the Mothers of Invention, do you think he would have shaken your hand? Do you think he would have been offish with you? He'd have chided you for, for missing a beat?
1: I think he would have been uh, nice, but I think he would have shown me the door. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you paid him a, a great tribute. I really, really, really enjoyed it, Alex. I'm going to ask you some some, some set questions, if you don't mind, Alex Winter. Be, it's great to have Not you on the show. Um, first of all, I'm going to ask you, just plain and simple, have you seen any good films lately, Alex?
1: I have. Um, I've, you know, we've been incredibly busy so i haven't been given COVID. it hasn't been super easy to see kind of whatever the latest things are but i have had the opportunity to see a couple of great movies especially docs which is what i will stick to here um there's a documentary uh by a filmmaker named garrett bradley called time oh yeah that is really really fantastic and i can't recommend that highly enough
0: it's just a beautiful a- beautiful heartbreaking Great looking film, isn't it? it just, you know, and yeah. it's about time as well. It feel, you know, about the, the kind of yeah. elements of time itself. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. I love that film. My name is Sybil
2: Richardson and uh, my family is awaiting on a ruling regarding my husband's matter. I was just wondering if you might have any information on like an update on it. it no, we don't have anything yet with us on Monday. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Okay. All have right. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.
1: And then there is a, a new film that that's just coming out now. I'm not sure if it's in, in international release yet called A Glitch in the Matrix, which is a documentary by Rodney Asher about looking at the question of whether we're all living in a simulation, which is also pretty great.
0: Yes, I saw his film about um, The Shining Uh Yep. The, the Kubrick movie, which had my head just turning to jelly, <laughs> in it, and yeah. I, have, I haven't seen this new one. So, are we living in a glitch in the Matrix? Do you think? I mean, you you would know. You're the one who time travels in a phone <laughs> box. I mean you answer.
1: <laughs> I I I think it's unlikely, but I think it raises some very interesting, and very and questions that are worth examining.
0: I think Zappa would have been uh, quite interesting to comment on that because he he he's yeah play with time and space and he did
1: and reality yeah i think so yeah
0: I can see why that one uh, appeals, Alex Winter. Yeah, they're very good, uh, very good recommendations. uh, Those, I I mean, going back to music docs in history, are there some music docs that you had as a role model that you studied in order to kind of get the tone for this
1: one? I did. One of my very, very favorite, if not my very favorite music doc is a film by Robert Frank, um, which has got an expletive in it. So you'll probably have to bleep that out, but it's called Cocksucker Blues. It's, travels with the Rolling Stones during a very pivotal period in their career. And it's just, it's extremely intimate. It's very artful. It's, it's very raw. Um, I think as in terms of music docs, that was probably the biggest influence for me. And then I, I'm also a huge fan of Brett Morgan's doc on uh kurt cobain uh, montage of heck oh yeah in terms of interesting modern docs and yeah, visu- visually was...
0: interesting take on on, on kurt yeah. Cobain. is there not a, is there a clip i don't know if there is is there a homage of cocksucker blues because there's there's footage of mick uh coming to visit Zappa. i don't know if you've taken that is that from cocksucker blues i can't remember it's been a long time since i've seen it it follows the stone I, I don't above. think so
1: yeah yeah not not that i recall It would have been a
0: sly Easter egg of a a reference if you had. But great, great, no, great, uh, great, a great movie uh, there, Alex, as well. I I can see that now seeping into, into the Zapper as well. I can feel that kind of freewheeling element too and the rawness of it.
2: Yeah, I'm a lonesome schoolboy I just came into town I'm going
0: to take you I'm going to take you way back, Alex, Winter, to when you were little Uh, and Mm -hmm. the first film you saw in the cinema. Do you remember that?
1: I do. It's actually a good one for the Brits because the very first movie I saw was The Elf Submarine Um, (laughs) when I was when it came out i saw it at the a street playhouse in new york city which was a very famous movie theater which is no longer around in 1969 i would have been four so and i actually remember sitting it's one of my earliest memories i remember being in the theater I remember the film I remember being dazzled by the film um but that was my first my first film experience
0: wow it says a lot to be honest with you from from, <laughs> from that little moment <laughs> if you don't mind me saying but also having seen the zapper as well you know and the, the sergeant yeah. pepper cover that comes up in it and uh, the psychedelia so that makes a a lot of sense to me who were you with who took you to see that at that age who, um, who's to blame my
1: my mother who was a cinephile and a, and a big beatles fan um you know I was born in London and and I started listening to the Beatles and the Stones really, really young because uh, I was born in the '60s and London was just happening in a major way at that time. Yes, you were born uh, in London.
0: I think we don't. I think we we, we forget
1: yeah. that. I certainly didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. My first chunk of time was spent there, and I still spend a lot of time in London. I had a company there for many years shooting commercials, so kind of a second home for me, really. But that was my would have been my brother and my mother.
0: Wow fabulous yes because your mother was a dancer here in london wasn't she
1: yes that's right yes brilliant
0: great great choice we're good to remember that one uh yellow submarine we'll put you that down for that one um so that obviously had a very formative experience on you we can see but is there a film alex that changed your life either that you that you saw and you went wow that i'm gonna do something different because of it or uh, of course a film that you were in or made that has changed your
1: life or both. Well, I mean, I've, so many films have changed my life in terms of wanting to make films. And I remember being really young and seeing Chaplin movies for the first time, and really wanting to make films. You know, seeing what people like Chaplin and Keaton were doing. Do you mean uh, with visually, I, I,
0: in terms of the direction and the mise en scène, or do you mean as a performer in, in a way? Because I see both of those things.
1: It was, it was both of those things. It was. I love the idea of, of acting in films that you were directing, and, and the, the the I love their physicality. I love the incredible imagination that they had and, and that was probably what inspired me to want to make films when I was young but uh, obviously the film that changed my life was Bill and Ted 1 simply because we had made the film that had been shelved neither Keanu nor myself expected it to be released and uh, I went to a test screening in the valley in L.A and it just played like absolute gangbusters and uh, so that screening that test screening which took us from this film nobody wanted and no one expected to do anything that what would become you know a phenomenon in my life in any case that was just a very pivotal uh, moment
0: and they knew you were there, or was it one of those that you snuck in the back with the producer just to see people booing and you know, hurling exactly in the screen?
1: precisely yes you, you sneak in the back and you're you're pretty much suicidal until the film is over so yeah <laughs>
0: and then and they were cheering and wanting more and yeah
1: you know, and yeah it piece. was just an amazing thing please yeah, can we
0: have very well you know well. please can we go to the future and have you know two two more of these and play all the yeah. way into the next century <laughs> with these two yeah. characters how, how gorgeous how beautiful uh, to be involved in it
1: ted while i agree that in time our band will be most triumphant the truth is wild stallions will never be a super band until we have eddie van halen on guitar yes bill but I do not believe we will get Eddie Van Halen until we have a triumphant video. Ted, it's pointless to have a triumphant video before we even have decent instruments. Well, how can we have decent instruments if we don't really even know how to play? That is why we need Eddie Van Halen. And that is why we need a triumphant video. Excellent!
0: Now I'm talking to you, I just remember one of the only films we've managed to see during this year. It's almost a year now of lockdown. There was a brief moment uh, in the summer where we were allowed to go and see movies in the theatre. And I took my kids to see, they're big fans of of one and two, and we took them to see uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music in the theatre. It was us, I think we were the only family in there, I have to say, because people were... trepidatious about going back into the theater yes, COVID. and we, yeah. we just went because we like when somebody we it was the it was great it was like a private screening in, in a public cinema and it they loved it they just absolutely loved it they were playing air guitar all the way home
1: oh i'm so happy to hear that i mean it really does make me happy but it was um, a real
0: shame that you know very few people could actually have that experience because it would have it, it required like that first screening you mentioned there it required an audience to kind of go yeah go for it and it because of the situation, we we couldn't have that experience. It was a shame. I feel.
1: Yeah, I think that you know we we really couldn't wait. We would still be waiting. You know, well yes. over a year. Uh, went from when it was supposed to be released we would still not be ready to release so it was it felt really unfair to do to the fans and the film ended up doing incredibly well for us so we were extremely grateful for that but i agree with you a comedy is meant to be seen in a communal environment and you know it was a shame that it didn't um it didn't get that rollout. but of course you know we live in an era where movie theaters play you know it'll end up at the prince charles it'll end up in in theaters uh, oh you know
0: your cult you know your cult movie venues around the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll be there. Yeah. So, OK,
0: I'm going to give you uh, the power of time travel in order to, which you have already. I don't need to bestow it upon you. <laughs> Get into your phone box. <laughs> where where would you where would you land? It, 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 so you could land in a classic movie set. Wh- which one would you go to?
1: I would say A Night at the Opera, the Marx Brothers.
2: <laughs> now, uh, now I've got something here you're bound to like. You'd be crazy about it. No, I don't like it. You don't like what? Whatever it is, I don't like it. Well, don't let's break up an old friendship over a thing like that. Ready? Okay. Now, the next part, I don't think you're going to like. Well, your word's good enough for me. Now then, is my word good enough for you? I should say not. Well, that takes out two more clauses. Now, the party of the eighth part... No, that's no no good, no. The party of the ninth... No, that's no. no good, too. Hey, how is it my contract is skinnier than yours? Well, I don't know. You must have been out on a tail last night. But anyhow, we're all set now, aren't we? Oh, sure. Now, yes. just, uh, just you put your name right down there, and then the deal is, is, uh, legal. Hey, I forgot to tell you, I can't write. No, oh, that's all right. There's no ink in the pen anyhow. But listen, it's a contract, isn't it? Oh, sure. We've got a contract, You'll no matter wait. how small it is. Hey, wait, wait. What does this say here, this thing here? Oh, that, oh, that's the usual clause. That's in every contract. That just says, uh, It says, uh, if any of the parties participating in this contract are shown not to be in their right mind, the entire agreement is automatically nullified. Well, I don't know. It's all right. That's in every contract. That's, that's what they call a sanity clause. <laughs> you can't fool me. There ain't no sanity clause.
1: I just feel like, you know, you talk about a, a group of geniuses all working at the top of their game and, and, and at the peak of kind of golden era Hollywood. I, I couldn't imagine what that set would have been. I mean, if I could be on any set, it would be that one.
0: Oh, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, you would no. just you would goof around, <laughs> but the, you would see the precision and the work that goes into that clowning uh, and that mayhem. What a great choice! That would be fantastic. Um, and would you hang out with Groucho, or would you? Or is there another actor that you would like? Of all the actors you mentioned, I mean, Chapman, I would.
1: I love Groucho, but I, I love Harpo, um, and I would really have loved, he was just such a, an intellectual, brilliant human being, and I would have loved to have spent time with Harpo, yeah. as well as Groucho.
0: I mean this with, uh, in the most ultimate of complimentary ways, Alec, there is something of the Harpo about you.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I have curly hair and, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, I'm a wise a cracking fool.
0: Yeah, I can see that. You can see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, there are other <laughs> other other strings to your bow uh alex what finally did, what is there a movie poster you had on your wall maybe you had many maybe you took them up and down and, and whatever is there a, is there one that you were like i gotta put this on my wall i'm gonna stare at it i'm in love with this movie poster
1: well i mean the poster i had on my wall all through high school and college was uh a, i had a giant like wall size poster of uh kurosawa's movie kagmosha um yeah he's one of my favorite filmmakers so that was up uh, For a very long time. What's on that poster? Is it just just the... the... It's a a close-up of of Kagmusha, and then it's uh, like Warriors, you know, a beautiful, typical Kurosawa Mm -hmm. landscape filled with Warriors on horseback. But I remember the... uh, the poster was very foreboding, and I would, I would, I would have dreams that, that it would in, impact. But I love that film so much.
0: Brilliant! It's a beautiful. Uh, that'd be a beautiful poster to have back. You can get it framed now. a big, big one, yeah. Shawshank style. Yes, true. Up, the, covering yeah. up the hole.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> great,
0: great, great icon to have, uh, Alex. Thank you so much for your film memories. It's been really wonderful talking to you, and uh, and thank you for Zappa too. It'd been wonderful to to travel down that uh, rabbit hole uh, of psychedelia and experiment mentor and and damn fine music basically uh with you alex so you know thank you for yeah, joining me thank you and uh yeah, I wish thank you, the, you so much i wish you the best of luck with that movie and uh listen i wish you the, i hope you can come back to to london soon when this is all over and uh we'll have a night at the prince charles rocking out
1: yeah that is absolutely going to happen so maybe we'll do zappa and bill and ted as a double bill that oh could be fun actually. that's a
0: late night waiting to happen and a great night
1: yeah yeah <laughs> alex, fantastic
0: thanks very much indeed for joining me lovely to speak to you
1: yeah likewise thanks so
0: much. Ah, you see where Bill and Ted got it from now. Alex Winters' Doc Zappa is available to view on altitude.film right now. Right, a few bits of news to keep you in the filmic conversation. Congratulations are in order for my favourite film of 2020, Rocks, which just won big at the Biffers carrying off five British Independent Film Awards, including Best Film and awards for its supporting actors. Well done all. If you want to hear more about Rocks, catch up with the episode with its directors and writers, Sarah Gavron, Teresa Okoko and Claire Wilson. That's on one of my podcasts in the previous season of Seen Anything Good Lately. Also, a favourite of mine is His House one I caught up with rather late to the party, which I'm glad I did because it won four Biffers, including Best Director for Remy Weeks and Best Actress for Wunmi Mosako. Both those films, Rocks and His House, are on Netflix now and definitely recommended by this show. It was also great to see Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor for his role in The Father. That's quickly becoming one of my favourites of this whole awards season and I'd put money on Hopkins for the Oscar too if I were you. He's superb, it's one of the roles of his career as a man suffering from dementia, In his London flat, brilliantly directed by Florian Zeller, who's adapted his own stage play here. It's really a performance to relish. It's not out in cinemas till June the 11th now, but that is something to watch out for. Date of birth?
2: Friday, 31st of December, 1937.
0: You're living with your daughter at the moment?
2: Yes, until she goes to live in Paris.
0: No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't.
2: I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. Paris. They don't even speak English there.
0: It's the Golden Globes this weekend. Always a bit of a party in Hollywood. though. don't quite see how they're going to do that this year. Although Tina Fey is hosting half of the ceremony from New York and her partner Amy Perler, uh her partner in comedy crimes, is hosting other bits from LA. And they're giving out prizes while the entire Hollywood Foreign Press Agency who run the Golden Globes, are under scrutiny following an expose in the LA Times. Now, the expose has alleged that voters are susceptible to influence from studios and streaming services who've been lavishing them with gifts and hotel visits and exclusive star access in return for nominations. Look, I don't doubt that that is true. What is unprovable is that people's votes are swayable, because it's always thus with awards, as it is with politics. I used to run a big awards ceremony here in the UK uh, at the London Film Critics Circle Awards every year, and we were pretty big, I can tell you, and I was often told that a star wouldn't come unless they'd won. People love big stars and they want them at their party. Sponsors want to know in advance that the biggest stars will be there, which of course you can't guarantee because you don't know how your, your voting body is going to choose that year. But they do tend to want to see the biggest stars on their red carpet. If you're at the BAFTAs, you want George and Brad to turn up, for example. And, you know, the BBC do too because they've got a, a show to put on, as do NBC, with the Golden Globes. That said, I think this year we'll get a really honest batch of votes, certainly at the Oscars and the BAFTAs, which is a far bigger body to influence there's sort of 6,000 7,000 members at those whereas the HFPA the Hollywood Foreign Press are only 87 or 90 members or so so they're much more sort of gettable if you like and I think this year people will be simply voting for the film they liked most or that they thought was best because the whole red carpet thing who's coming to my ceremony who am I going to meet at a party who am I going to shake hands with it at a Q&A that's not happening this year so I think we're going to get a really pure set of awards so Let the awards games begin. They already have. I'll give you my reaction to the Globes results next week on the show. But let me wish luck beforehand to our amazing British lineup of nominees. From the young ones such as Daniel Kaluuya, John Boyega, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit, Riz Ahmed, Emerald Fennell, uh, whose first time directing job is Promising Young Woman and it's terrific. uh, Daisy Edgar-Jones from Normal People. And you've also got old hands like Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins and Hugh Grant and and even Kerry Mulligan, if I I may call her an old hand. We raise a strike cocktail from our partners to you with all the spirit, none of the alcohol and wish you the best from seeing any good films lately because thanks to you lot. We certainly have. So, Jason's three to see from all the recommendations this week. The United States versus Billy Holiday. Time, the doc recommended by Alex Winter uh, in his uh, Seen Any Good Films Lately. And another of his choices from his Seen Any Good Films Lately, The Marx Brothers' A Night at the Opera. Treat yourself to that one. What a great selection, if I say so myself. And we play out with a track from, I think, the best film around at the moment, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's not out here yet. Daniel Kaluuya is nominated Sunday night at the Globes for his performance as Fred Hampton at the Black Panther in this. It's an amazing film. Great soundtrack too. Here is Her and Fight For You. See you next week.